Good morning. Hello, Carissa. Hey. How good are morning. You? It's good all to right. See you. We have ladies chiming in this morning. It's so good for you to join us. I would love for you to start by opening up those chats. Please know that we are recording this, but we are not recording the chat. So the chat is a safe place for you to come on and share with us who you're from, uh, who you are and where you're from. We'll just address you by first names. We will not use last names. Um, and that part will not be recorded. So that chat that you open up is a safe place during the webinar. If you get stuck, if you have a question and you want other people to maybe help you, that is a really good place to turn to, um, to go to that chat and to um, ask your questions. Uh, another place you can go to is there's a Q&A button. So if you scroll to the bottom, there's a Q&A button. That, those questions will go straight to me. And so if you'd rather not be publicly known, but you still want to have Chris and I talk about it, send me a message on Q&A and we can address those questions as well. So again, I just encourage you to open up those chats so we can see that you're here. I'm going to put on my glasses so I can actually read. And good morning. Good morning. Oh, we do. Okay. I see Robin. Oh, I'm so happy Robin's here. Robin has been sending some fantastic questions. She's such an amazing woman. Robin, I have big plans for you, sister, so I'm glad you're looking for help. Um, Lee Ann from Wisconsin. Hello, sweet sister. Love having you here. We have, oh, Tracy, one of my favorites. Tracy, um, when you see Tracy's response, um, read it. She always has gold. She always has good information to share. She's a, a veteran here. She um, is very well in tune to Stronger Together, Intimacy Anorexia. She's fantastic. So she helps us out uh, while we are live. So thank you, Carissa. Uh, or I'm sorry, Tracy. And we have Sally from Montana. Good morning, Sally. It's good to have you. Uh, we got, I see you rubbing your eyes, Carissa. It's I know. Here. It's allergy season and yeah. Yeah. So it, if it looks like I'm crying, I may not be crying today. It's just allergies. <laughs> It's bad here. If you're in Florida, yeah. the here is so heavy right now. Um, we're getting the rain, but not enough to, to get rid of it. So, um, but you know what? I, we have so many good questions, Chris, that we need to jump into. Uh, I am so appreciative of the emails we've been getting, uh, the ladies that have been vulnerable, sharing their hurts, sharing their concerns, sharing their questions. Um, we just want to say before we get started that this is a safe place. I know it feels weird that we're on camera, uh, you're behind a computer, we're chatting in a computer. I mean, it's so weird. I, I, if it were my druthers, Chris, I'd much rather be sitting in a coffee shop with a nice cup of tea, you know, curled up on a big couch um, with my sisters, uh, but we can't do that. So this is gonna, this is the next best thing. So grab your tea, grab your water, curl up on the couch, get some comfy socks on um, because we're gonna get real. Um, the world is going to be feeding you all stuff, stuff, sorts of stuff that you think you want to know, think you want to uh, hear, um, but we have to discern what is the truth. So that is what this platform is for. It's a safe place to come express our pains and our hurts and be real about it. Did you have anything more you wanted to share about that, Carissa? Yeah, no, I think that's good. Um, you know, Christina and I just, we want to keep it real. We want to stay focused on the word of God and we're not trying to... Uh, influence you to do anything outside of of god's word and and that's what we hope to bring to the table um christina before we get started though would would you like to open up in prayer 
I would love to. Absolutely. Uh, gracious Heavenly Father, uh, we don't take this hour for granted. Um, these women are busy. They are mothers. They are wives. They are workers. They are homemakers. Uh, and they have trauma. So the fact that they even got up this morning, Lord, I just want you to bless them, bless this hour, bless them for their heart to come for truth and to get healing and to find chase after your way instead of the loud noises and the distractions and the lies that the world may be trying to feed them. God, I am just so honored and blessed to be here with my sweet sister, Carissa. Help us both be able to step out of the way and just be a vessel for your truth and your words and your wisdom. So we love you, Lord, and uh, thank you. Amen. Amen. All right. Get plugged into it, hey? I know. Let's do it. Let's do it. I, I, I'd like to just start with one of the first questions that we have, and let's just lay some groundwork for that, is, um, is pornography use considered infidelity? Mm. Take it away. <laughs> that's, that's why we're here, right? Um, I'm going to be honest with you, this, this one really still strikes hard for me because I didn't know that pornography was infidelity. I was raised in a home, um, a Catholic home, and we went to church and I consider my family Christians, um, but I found porn under my dad's bed and I was young and that was very traumatizing for me because my mom is a good godly woman. I used to joke, she's just a few steps away from being a nun. I mean, she followed all the rules of the church, but she had to have known it was under the bed too, right? So the fact that she was allowing it and that my dad was looking at it, it really confused me during, uh, it confused my innocence. It confused my uh, belief system and what marriage should look like. It just, it messed me up. It really, really did. And fast forward, I marry a guy in the military and I'm asked as a wife, he's on deployment. Um, I get a phone call, Carissa, and I'm asked, um, they tell me it's my turn to buy the porn stash to send to the husbands. I don't know what? if I've ever Yes. No. So, oh my yes. gosh. Yes. <laughs> I was brand new, newly married. So I didn't want to look like the uncool wife. So I'm like, uh, uh, where do you even buy it? How do I mean, what do I send? And I'm thinking, well, my husband doesn't look at that, you know, so I guess I'll send it for the other husbands. So, I mean, I was fed all these lies. Now I know the damage it does because my husband was looking at it and it nearly took his life and it nearly destroyed our marriage. Sean, so I'm very passionate in realizing that, yes, masturbation, pornography, all that's infidelity because He's not thinking of me. He's not in a marriage bed with me. That is what got how God designed sex. One man, one woman, one lifetime and one marriage bed. And that is outside that domain. As long as he's lusting and fantasizing and masturbating and ejaculate, whatever, as long as it's somebody else and it's not me. Yeah. It's an affair. I mean, yeah. and, and that's the other thing. Women don't want to hear that either. Well, it's not an affair. It's just porn. It's an affair. Yes. Yeah. You've invited someone else into your marriage bed. You either have an open marriage and you're okay with that or it's infidelity. And it is right. it's infidelity. Yeah. And there's lots of scriptural reference that you can dig into. Um, you know, Matthew, I wrote it down. 532 talks about sexual immorality is grounds for divorce. So then you need to, like you're saying, you got to understand what is sexual immorality. It's any activity, sexual activity committed outside of the marriage covenant. 
any activity committed. And then another one that you can look up is Matthew 5, 27 through 28. And that talks about that one, you know, Jesus always upped, upped it and said, you don't just commit adultery with your, you know, in, a, in an act of, you can lust and commit adultery. I mean, he clearly defines that. Again, that was Matthew 5, 27 through 28 and Matthew 5, 32. If you want to look into those. Yeah. Fantastic. I appreciate you sharing that. So sorry I get so passionate about that, but I think as long as women believe the lies of this world that porn is healthy for their marriage, I, that just, show me one woman that, Christian, godly woman that feels like they have the marriage that God designed, that is living with peace, knowing her husband is lusting after somebody else. I mean, that just, that yeah. just hurts my heart to think yeah. that my, especially now that we've gone through recovery to think of my husband fantasizing about someone, not me. That's yeah. a tough one. That is really, really. And, and I would, I would encourage to get your, get your answers from the word of God, find out what the word of God says, because, and I'm, I know I'm like going to step on some toes here, but not everything that you're taught. Uh, how do I say that? Um, sometimes when we hear things being taught a certain way, we don't know the backstory and there's excuses being made for their own personal sins. So it's easy to teach and preach. No, it's not adultery because they have that sin going on in their lives. And so they're not going to expose what they are dealing with. And, and we have seen that. I can tell you that that is a, that's a truth. Um, where, you know, someone, I, I'm not going to say all pastors, but maybe a pastor is teaching from this angle that no pornography is not adultery. That's, that's not, and it's because it's a stronghold in his life. I'm not saying that that's every single case, but that's why you got to go back to the word of God. What does the word of God say? Know that first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that. Um, Chris, we're going to go off, off the list here because we had someone write in a question and it's a fantastic one. And I think it's a perfect question for this platform because we have two different people that can speak of this. Um, let me just get to the question. Kristen wrote, knowing affairs is grounds for divorce. How can we discern if we should stay and fight for the marriage in prayer or to give up hope for the marriage, knowing the Lord is still enough? And this is a perfect question for yeah. you and for me. And we talked about it uh, last month. I, I can start here. Um, I, I was in this situation too, Kristen, where um, once I found out that my husband was being unfaithful, that he had a porn addiction, multiple affair partners, uh, I had a decision to make. Do I stay or do I go? Uh, the only one that I was willing to listen to was God. Trust me, there were plenty of people willing to offer their advice, well-intended loved ones, um, family members, uh, dear friends, um, but it had to be from God. I, I, I am a true advocate of it's not your mentor's place, your counselor's place, your mom or dad's place, your sister's place. This is the most, it could be the biggest decision you ever make in your life. And it cannot be taken lightly as to whether or not you're supposed to stay or whether you're supposed to go. I believe firmly that the Lord will convict you and will tell you what you are supposed to do in your individual decision. Uh, for me, for the longest time, God told me to stay, fight. Um, the scripture that he put in my heart, um, um, uh, two are better than one because if one falls down, the other one's strong enough. I felt strong enough. I felt strong enough. I could fight for us while he was sick. 
Um, God gave me that extra strength. He gave me that extra grace and courage to fight for Lamar when he couldn't fight for us, when he was checked out of the marriage and wanted to move on um, with his sin. But then we got to a place where he did come home, but he still wanted to stay rooted in his sin and wanted to keep the lies and keep the relationships and keep the, the porn and masturbation. And it was then that God said, it's time to go. And he was very clear. It's time to go. Um, and I, and he gave me the strength for that too. It was like, okay, I can do this. I can be on my own. I can raise my four boys. I don't need Lamar. He cannot be my mini God. My God is enough for me. Um, but then I ended up staying. So again, God redirected me to, to reconcile. So it is a voice just from God. Marissa, would you like to just share your yeah. journey? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you made a very, um, that kind of rolls into my story and mine, you know, I, I, I am divorced and it didn't, it didn't go that way. But um, the important part was, is that Lamar stepped in and he started to doing the, do the work and, and you didn't, you weren't a doormat. You didn't tolerate, you didn't stay silent. You were proactive in that recovery, that healing, trusting the Lord and, and following his direction. And, and the same in my situation, you know, I was sold out to God. I'm going to put myself, my, my feelings, my brokenness, my hurt, I'm going to put that to the side focus on my healing, but trust you that if this marriage can be restored, I'm all in, but also knowing that I am God's child and that he loves me and his mercy and grace does not expect me to lay down and be a doormat and have someone, um, you know, and it's a form of abuse, be abusive and and toxic and um, live under the judgment of, of his sin. And I knew that that wasn't the case either, but I was willing and I think that's where it starts, ladies, is, you, is a willingness to be obedient to what God's calling you to do and to understand that that does not mean be a doormat, to tolerate. And when I hear women say, you know, it's been 10 years, it's been five years, it's been seven years, whatever, I'm like, ooh, that is way too long. You exceeded the threshold of, of being tolerable towards a sin, and he's still committing these sins. Um, so for me, I, it minded and end in divorce. Um, and that's not something I was, that I ever anticipated or, or wanted, but, um, that's the other side of, of not following through and not, not finding healing and, and not submitting yourself to the plan for recovery. And that's what it looks like. And, and God led me every step of the way. And there's no doubt that he was with me and guiding me. And, um, and I can be confident in that. So two different outcomes. Yes. Um, it's just thing, being obedient it, it, to God. Absolutely. And the one thing that it took though, Chris said that I can look back, there's things in recovery. I completely botched and blew, um, in our, in our journey and our storm. Um, but there's some things that I look back and I'm proud of what I did. And And by pride, I'm keeping that in check. But what Chris and I both have in common is that during the chaos, during the storm, um, we could have turned to the Internet. And I did for a season, for sure, looking online, looking for resources. What was Lee's podcast say? Um, But we were intentional with spending time with God. You can't hear God's voice if you're busy, busy, busy and trying to escape the pain or medicate the pain or run away from the pain. Um, You have to be intentional in this season in your life of being still to hear his voice. Mm -hmm. So uh, so many times I hear, well, he hasn't told me yet. He hasn't told me yet. Have you stopped? Do you carve out time every day to pray and to listen, not just talk to him, but to then be still and listen? It's so hard, especially with trauma brains. 
but that's part of the healing process too. It's ironic that the answer for our recovery is, is actually is, or what we're seeking is what's going to heal us. Um, right. our answers, seeking those answers, seeking that quiet time with God is actually going to help heal our brains. Yeah. Someone yeah. in the chat said, I believe God can restore any marriage, but how, if we stay, how do you ever trust him again? How do you get the images of him with someone else out of your mind? I, I just real quickly, and then I'll turn it over to Christina. Um, I did have a period of time where there was reconciliation that we came back together and, and really were working on it. And I can tell you in the beginning, it wasn't easy. I mean, those images were there, but my mindset was I, I didn't want to hold on to those images. I didn't want, I was incredibly devoted and proactive to healing. And it, it really is a, a mindset. It's determining I'm going to do what it takes to heal. I'm not going to hold on to these things as a crutch, even though you don't think it's a crutch. And, and I'm not saying that that's what you're doing and that it's out of vengeance, but um, it's turning it all over to, to Christ and saying, I submit to this healing process and then doing your steps in recovery. And I can tell you that that time period that um, that we did come back together for to, to test reconciliation little bit by little bit i was able to let that go and it got better little bit by little bit and now on this side of it i mean i'm divorced but i don't that's not a struggle but christina looking at her marriage they have a beautiful marriage and christina you can you can give a a, a testimony to how god has healed yeah. that for you um robin thank you for asking this uh, this is a, a great question so how do we ever trust them again uh, it comes with feeling safe and it, it really is his part of the journey to earn this back from you because you shouldn't, you sh absolutely yeah. should not trust him right now. He broke your marriage vows. He lied to you. He cheated on you. I mean, that comes with a cost. I mean, if we are to forgive and then just give them all of our trust back, that there's no consequence in place and consequences. God even establishes consequences. That's loving. Mm -hmm. That's loving to ignore it is not. Um, so there is a process of um, when our husbands repent of their sin and Chris, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, repenting isn't just saying I messed up. Um, I cheated on you or I got caught. I'm sorry. Um, repenting is not just saying turning with your mouth like Lamar likes to tell everyone, it's turning off your whole body and That's it's right. going away from the sin. That is repentant, repentance. Um, your ex coming to you and just saying, sorry, I hurt you, but then not choosing to turn away from the sin, the path that he was on to death and hell, he's going to bring you on that path. Mm -hmm. Whether you like it or not, you are one. And so if he continues to do to, to chase after that path, he is not, he has not repented. He has not repented at all. It's and and the other part of repentance, it's changing your mind. And so with that changing of your mind, uh, you know, uh, one of my favorite verses is um, when we we talk about the new life that we've been given, Robin, and and we have to die to our old selves, right? And then we are called to renew our minds, and then we are called to put on our new clothes. So it's like the grave clothes are icky, they're yucky. Uh, we are no longer bound to the grave uh, grave clothes. Get them off of us. But we are supposed to renew our minds and then put on the good clothes. If our husbands shake off the sin and they stop masturbating and they stop looking at porn, but they're not in the process of renewing their minds, which is spending time with God and learning his way and chasing after his righteousness and chasing after you, 
the bride mm-hmm. that he was given, studying you, loving you, pursuing yeah. you, he's not putting on new clothes. So he's just running around, but make it. So if you're feeling like I don't trust you anymore, I know you're not acting out. I have all the evidence. I believe you're not masturbating. I believe there's no more fair partners, but I'm still not feeling like I can trust you. Maybe he's still running around naked. Maybe he hasn't done the work to renew his mind, to chase after you, to, to, to rewire with you, to become one with you. So you do feel safe again. So you do feel like, oh, well, how could he even go down that path when he is so much in love and chasing and pursuing and, and really treasuring being one with me? So I think that just, what are your thoughts, Krista? I, I think you said that beautifully. And mm-hmm. um, we, have to, we have to speak up and, and explain that sometimes. You know, no knock on guys, but I mean, I've heard it said over and over again that sometimes they, it just takes telling them. They, they can't read your mind. And, and maybe that's what it takes is you expressing that part. And that's not, um, that's not being disrespectful. That's not, uh, not having faith. That's, that's doing your part in, in the process of healing is being able to express that to him. This is how I feel. Mm-hmm. And now it's his responsibility knowing how you feel to act on it, to do something about it. Right. So I think you said that beautifully. And and if they're not going to be perfect, we can't expect that they're going to be walking Jesus's all of a sudden. This is a journey. It's a process, just like your healing is a journey and a process. So when they make the mistakes, I love that you said this, Carissa, the Holy Spirit is going to speak through us and convict our husbands if we allow them to, we, but we have to open our brain and, or I'm sorry, open our mouth and say, Hey, wait, wait, uh, uh-uh, it's getting stinky in here. It smells like you're putting on those old grave clothes. That's the old Lamar. That's, that's not the new man. Uh, uh-uh, uh, no, we're not, we're not going down that path. That's very important. You're not making me feel safe. Yep. I feel like I can trust you. This is an old paper behavior. Nope. Nope. That's not the new, new Lamar and the new cloths that you're putting on. So we're not doing that. We have to speak up. Yep. We have to speak up the Holy spirit. Most of the time we'll speak to our husbands through us. Yes. <laughs> and that doesn't to... mean becoming his mommy. No. <laughs> and and it's it's a balance of yes, it is. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Absolutely. Um, in regard of the next, I think it's a good segue from that question because you actually brought up something which made my eyes go to this question about the time frame. Um, there's one question here, or help me out here. I think, okay, this one. Um, this, this, um, young gal has been married 30 years and her husband's been in recovery for two years and she still has not had disclosure. And I think we need to talk about this. Yes. And this says he's waiting for the final document that he will read to me, but my husband is dragging his feet. Um, anytime I bring up disclosure, he gets defensive. He says, I don't know if I'll be able to even face you after that. It's shame talking. Um, and th- that's what she writes. So what should I do? Should I set a time that it has to be done or separate? I don't want to do either, but I never quit thinking about what about this and what about that? So she's yeah. been left with all these pieces of a puzzle shattered all over the ground for two years, not knowing exactly what her husband did and what she's supposed to forgive him from. I, I, I cannot fathom two years. I mean, I, I had to wait out some time. I don't remember exactly what it was. I don't, I don't know if it was more than a month or whatever. And it was excuse after excuse. And I heard the same thing. It's shameful. I'm going to hurt you. I can't tell you. And, and a lot of that is protecting their butt too, to be honest with you. I mean, it, it really, it comes down to that. And um, yeah, you need to set a date and stick to it. 
Uh, I can tell you for me, I gave a, I did all these, I need to know, I need to know, you need to, this is what's fair, this is what's right, I need the truth. And it was excuse after excuse, and I was trying to do the loving thing, and I did the whole nine yards. And then I said, okay, if you don't have it by this date, I'm out. That was me. I'm not telling you that that's what you do, but I'm t that's what I said. I want it by this date or I'm out. I set a date and I stuck to it. That is abusive. It's unfair. It's unjust. It's, that is a horrible, horrible thing to live through. To have to go two years and not know the truth, that's your life as well. He broke a holy covenant. It is his obligation to tell you the truth. If any counselor, anybody is telling him something otherwise, it's wrong, wrong, wrong. He needs to tell the truth. But I would set a date and then um, whatever your consequence is, that's, that's between you and God of what, what you feel like you need to do. But I, I'd set a date and I'd stick to it. There's no way I would tolerate one more day of that. Yeah, that is, I think of the trauma that accumulates just in two months, three months, six months and women that have gone through betrayal. Uh, and, and it gets worse when you don't have the answers. Um, if they are still harboring the secrets, that unknown is so much painful than being able to, okay, just tell me the damage so I can just deal with it already. Right. There's I mean, it's freeing. It helped me. I'm like, okay, could you just tell me everything? Because Lamar did the same thing. He's like, I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you. I'm going to take my secrets to my grave because mm -hmm. this will hurt you. Sound from, familiar to whoever wrote this question? Mm -hmm. It will hurt you too much. I will feel too much shame looking in your face. It's my job. Um, I am to protect you. So I'm going to take these secrets to my grave. I will bury the burden. Oh my gosh. Could you just shoot me now because it, yeah. what he was doing was he was stealing me being able to decide if I could handle it. That's, that's yep. No. And, and Christina, I've heard on this side of recovery, on the other side from different men who are doing fantastic, who have admitted that when a man uses, and I don't want to paint the picture that's all, but when a man uses that excuse, it has little to do with your feelings and it has everything to do with protecting them from the consequence of what that sin is going to bring and they're afraid you're going to leave they're afraid of whatever it has nothing to do with with guarding your heart yeah it, it very little to do with guarding your heart and i subscribe that he should feel guilt when he looks in your face that's right he yeah. should feel a hell of a lot of guilt for what he did mm -hmm. to you i'm not against guilt and, and if he That's wants right. to twist it and say, well, you know, guilt is saying I did something wrong. Shame is saying I am wrong. You know what? If you, if, if, if that you had been in counseling for two years to process that it's uh, we got to get through that. We got to get yeah. through that because it's not about you at this point in time. It's about her and it's yeah. her healing. Now it's been two years focused on his recovery and she's just left hanging. I, I don't know how God has given you the strength. I think it's beautiful that he has, but um, it will kill you. Yeah. Absolutely kill you to stay yeah. and to forever not know. Yeah. It's wreaking havoc on your body that, that maybe yeah. you don't even know that, that kind of, and equally painful and just misery is multiple disclosures guys that just, you know, oh. Trickle, 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 trickle. I went through that. And that, it, that is, it's like getting shot over and over and over again. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. And, and then we wonder why women can't earn back the trust. 
It's because, well, every time I tried to give you a little in my heart, you stomp all over it with more lies or more yeah. disclosure or more sin. And so um, I, I, it, it's the lies too, Chris. It's not even the, the sin. It's covering up what they did is more hurtful to women. I mean, yeah. sometimes they're like, okay, so you, I get it. You, you had sex with someone. I get it. You looked at porn. Could you just own it? Could you right. stop lying about it? Because right. the lies are what's keeping me from ever trusting you again. Yeah. Until you start you living. Free. Yes. And living out the truth, not just speaking the truth, living out the truth will set you free. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's a good segue for this question, Christina. I am struggling with blaming my husband. I am angry and have been talking and praying to God about it. I truly don't want to become resentful. To this day, I have not had an opportunity to really tell my husband exactly how hurt and angry I was and that I am. I have not done this because of the Lord's leading and he has given me such grace to, to not lash out. How do I talk to my husband about my building resentment and anger? Does a counselor need to be present? So my question is what's wrong with being angry and letting him see that? What is wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with being angry. And I'm not saying that the Lord's not giving you the grace to deal with it. There's a difference between um, being kind and gracious and then and being having a righteous anger, you should be angry. He should see that anger. There's nothing wrong with that. What do you think, Christina? Uh, I was here. I I have very similar situation. I'm glad this question came up because God gave me a ton of grace because I have Irish blood. So we can fire up pretty fast. Um, My mom was hot tempered. That's what I saw. I mean, you explode, you let it out. um, And I didn't. And that's not me. Um, God gave me grace to not attack Lamar, to not question him, to not push him because he had one foot out the door. And so that's what Lamar was looking for. He was looking for me to push him. He was looking for me to give him reasons to leave. And Mm -hmm. God's just saying, "Mm -mm, your job is to dispel that lie. You are a woman of grace. This is not the time. Um, And so I did, I didn't confront him on it. There was no place. If I were to attack him then and and said, um, I know you're doing this, this, and this, and you got to do this, this, and this, he would have ran for the hills, but he was so conflicted by my grace that that's what actually got him to put both feet in the home uh, and to say, okay, you, there's no way you can love me that much. I mean, there's, there's no way you could forgive me for what I've done. But then with recovery, I, I, we couldn't just brush everything on, under the rug and say, I forgive you. I forgive you. Hug, hug, kiss, kiss. Let's go on our merry way. Yeah. I had to process my anger when he was trustworthy of receiving it. Yeah. He became trustworthy of receiving it as he did the work to a place where I knew I could lash out and I did and say, this hurt me. This, I mean, this, this cost me so much. I mean, it, it cost us time. It hurt our boys. It tore up our home. I mean, it, and, and I had to, I had to um, not just grieve it, but know what I was forgiving him for and to tell him what I was forgiving him for. Um, but that came as he grew up strength. And I knew that he was committed to the marriage committed to us we were moving forward together and it was a place where um, I could get what I needed from that in regards to um, being able to, 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 to share what it cost me and how much it hurt. Yeah. And yes, it was anger. Yeah. I, that, and, that, and I, yeah, I mean, and, and that again is it's, it's uh, having a close relationship with the Lord and, and hearing his voice and, and following the whole, this, the Holy spirit's guidance. And for me, I, I was dealing with, I'm not an angry person. Um, I don't like confrontation. Uh, you know, I've always been like, oh, let's just, you know, let's make the peace. And, 
And so I, part of my recovery, part of my healing was that I needed to be angry. And it was deep down inside, but I was trying to do the good Christian woman thing where I thought if I'm just quiet and I just pray and I submit all this to the Lord, then I'm not, I don't need to show any kind of anger. And then I started, the guy was putting people in my life to speak to me about anger. And Christina, you were one of them. And I remember one day you said, I was talking about triggers and I'm like, there's just some things that, oh, it just comes up and I don't know. And I keep praying about it. I keep doing all these things, but I'm still feeling triggered in this way. And you talked to me about anger and about releasing anger. And then someone else came into my life and talked to me about anger. And I'm like, do I need to be angry? Do I just need to get really angry? And I did. And I expressed that to him. I expressed that um, in other ways, just between the Lord and I, and I let out that anger and I released it. And it was healing for me. It was healing. Um, And sometimes I think that's what it takes. It's just, you got to get that out. And that doesn't mean in a destructive, harmful way, but it's unrighteousness that you're angry towards. It's a broken covenant. Those are things that God honors. And and that's a, that's a righteous anger. Yeah. It doesn't mean burn the house down, but it's okay to let that out. No, but if we harbor any resentment, if we harbor bitterness, if we're pushing everything down, harboring our anger, we're keeping secrets too. How can we demand for them to disclose all their sexual sin when we're not ready, when we're not willing to disclose our anger sin or our, our horrible thoughts? That's what intimacy is. I, I'm, I, I truly believe that once you get to a place with your spouse, and that's why marriages that do come out this on the other side are so much yeah. stronger and more powerful because they learn to actually share about the hard things. It's hard to express the why you're hurt. It takes vulnerability to express. It takes trust that they're not going to to hurt you again when you share the why you're hurt and what it cost. But that's what builds intimacy. And that's what God designs us to have is truth and intimacy, being able to share what you need to in love. Um, But yeah. And I I don't know where her husband is in his journey, um, you know, how far into recovery and healing he is, but also you're giving him an opportunity to step up and and exercise the principles of of being a godly man and a godly leader and a godly husband is is laying that giving that to him and expressing that and then letting him lead letting him help you heal keeping all that in is is not fair to him either he needs to be exercising those principles of of godly leadership i you know i i accept that you're so angry you know i accept that and and i i take that and it's my fault and can I pray with you? Can I walk with you? Can, what can I do to help you? You know, you're, you're not giving him a chance to do that by, by not expressing it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that. We had someone, uh, right. Righteous anger expressed in a godly way will yeah. always prevent sinful anger down the road. I like I that. That's right good. for me. I know that's right for me. I think I'm being godly by stuffing down my mm-hmm. anger, but then I start, it starts festering and I start telling a narrative and I start feeding other junk into it. And all of a sudden this big monster beast is growing in my brain and it just comes out as vomit and not very pretty. And it's definitely not righteous anger by the time it comes out. Um, That is absolutely, uh, I I love that comment. I thought that was really good. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Mm -hmm. Here's another one, Christina. Things seem to be changing for my husband. I do see God working in his life. It's very different this time around. Recovery started two years ago, but 
he wasn't being honest with his group therapist or me. So it seems like he's, he's been in recovery. Things have been going well, but something seemed off today. So I looked at the history in his search engine. I found a, uh, I guess it was a lingerie site. He's he, a loungewear site. He's visited a couple times. It looks like he's been quite a while since he was on it. Do I confront him? All I can think about is, did he buy something for me or for someone else? Ah, yeah, that, confront him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, I agree. Uh, the, again, I think this is where, as Christians, we're, we're told, um, is a good godly woman, it's better to just bite your tongue. No, this absolutely, this could be completely innocent. Um, sin does leave a trail behind it and it can catch up with them. Uh, it happened to us. We were on LinkedIn. Uh, he had uh, connections with the fair partners through LinkedIn. And so we got off of LinkedIn, but guess what? Six months later, messages were still popping up or people were reaching out. Ladies were reaching out. I didn't know if he reached out first. I didn't know. And so all of a sudden I'm triggered. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, did he reach out to her first? Is she reaching out to him? This is a consequence of the sin. This yeah. is a product of the sin. And yeah, we we harbor some of that. We have to bear some of that. Um, do I trust him again? Do I trust when he says? The way I trust him is because, the and the reason I chose to is because he brought it to me. He came and said, look what popped up on my phone. This is a product of my past. I did not reach out to them first. I need you to see that. Oh, okay. He's not hiding it. He's not lying about it. And that would be my question here. Was was he aware of it? That would be a question I would want to know. Um, two years into recovery, if he's aware of it, I'm hoping he's being given the guidance that if you were aware of it and you saw this and it popped up and it's completely not completely innocent, then you would have told your wife immediately, hey, this popped up or hey, yeah. you know, this, but um, there needs to be a conversation about this for sure. There, and, and yeah, yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to jump to conclusions and why no. live in that misery of wondering that's just going to drive you nuts. You know, have mm -hmm. the conversation, talk to him, um, and find out and then come beside him. Oh. I like that. that. Come beside him. Don't attack him. Oh. Don't sit across the room. Just right. honey, I'm hurting. I'm, I'm triggered right now. And I need you to help me work through something. Invite him to help you through the process as opposed to putting him on defense and attacking him. Right. It'd be very easy to attack because it, in essence, in the world standards, he deserves you to attack him. He, he ruined your trust. You should be pulling out the sword and chopping off whatever things are out there. Um, but, yeah. but, uh, but invite him, try coming beside him and just saying, I'm hurting. I'm triggered. Yeah. I'm scared. I mean, it's really hard for me. What is a man going to, a man's not going to become defensive when his wife is showing that kind of vulnerability. I'm scared. Yeah. I'm hurting. I'm triggered. Can you help me? Yeah. And so I'm thinking like, what, what would I do if I was in that situation? I would first go to prayer yes. and I would pray and ask the Holy spirit to guide me to, um, to take any feelings, any resentment, any hurt that I have out of the picture so that I can clearly discern the situation I would pray for that. And then I would pray for truth to be revealed in your husband. And his response is going to be indicative of what, what's going on. And ladies, don't, don't dismiss what's in your gut. That doesn't mean it's, he's going to be guilty, but don't, and maybe there are times that he is guilty. Don't dismiss what's in your gut. And that gut is 
when you're walking with the Lord and you're following the, and you're hearing the voice of God, the Holy Spirit is guiding you and he's showing you and he's revealing truth. And he does these things for our benefit so that we can have truth. Don't dismiss that. Um, but also don't go into it with a, with a hardened heart that you've already made your decision. This is what he's doing. Um, let the Holy Spirit guide you, but yeah, you do have to confront it. Yeah. Well, Chris, I have one here, dear. It's a little bit long, so stay with me, ladies, because I think it's important to have, it was so well-written, so I really didn't want to cut any of it um, because let me just share it with you. So hang in there, ladies. Um, listen up. My husband has a history of inappropriate secret relationships with women through video chatting, texting, and online text apps. Coupled with his previous use of pornography, this has really caused me to struggle to trust him. We agreed to only communicate with members of the opposite sex if our spouse was involved in a text chat, as well as for transparency for each other, as well as for remaining above reproach, which I completely subscribe to. I think that's brilliant. There's no need for your husband to be on a chat, a private chat, any kind of message, even work-related. He can pull someone in. Completely agree with that. Um, I recently discovered, though, he has been messaging a girl though nothing over the overtly inappropriate, and he does not see an issue with it. He even attempted to FaceTime her twice. Uh, I had noticed those FaceTime unanswered calls on his phone. He claimed he had not made them. Now he says he never claimed that. He also invited her to stop by and say hi to him at his work and does not see an issue with this. Um, and ladies, feel free to chime in your thoughts. Um, am I wrong in asking for him to not privately communicate with women? He claims it is okay because I have access to his phone whenever I want to and can log into his messenger whenever I want, but I'm trying to rebuild trust with him and not check up on him. She doesn't want to mother him. So her question here, Carissa, is, um, is, is it wrong for uh, him to be in this private thread? Is it wrong for him to invite another woman to work? And his ration or his rationing is that um, it's okay because you can, you, you can see it. You can go back and look at this history and it's okay if the woman comes because other people are there. It's not like he's meeting her in a dark alley, I guess, is his rationale. So it's innocent. What, what are your thoughts on this? It's totally inappropriate because your wife asked you not to do it. Yeah. You have a history of a betrayal and you're not honoring her and you're not respecting her. And that's, that's, there you go. That sums it up. It's inappropriate. Yeah. Your yeah. wife asked you to stop doing it to make her to help her feel safe. I don't really care. No one cares what your feelings are about it. Don't do it. Mm -hmm. Your wife is what matters, not your friendship to these other females. If your wife needs that to feel safe because you didn't make her feel safe because you broke your covenant, because you were doing inappropriate things, because you were looking at porn, you've given her reason not to trust you. Does it matter? I mean, I mean, if we're talking like 10 years down the road, she sh maybe shouldn't be super, super, super sensitive, but coming from experience between you and Lamar. I've, I watch you and Lamar, how you still honor one another in that way. Lamar doesn't private chat with any women. I work with Lamar. Lamar's like my, he always calls me the sister he never wanted. We pick on each other all the time. We can't stand each other, but love each other dearly. I would never chat mm -hmm. with Lamar privately because you're my sister, you are my friend. And because of, of what, it's inappropriate. I do that out of respect for you. Lamar does that out of respect for, for you, for love for you. There is nothing wrong with asking your husband not to do that, and he should want to honor you. The kickback is what I have a problem with. It's mm -hmm. not that he did it and then is like, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. I won't do that. 
okay, he did it and he's sorry and he understands. That's one thing, let it go. It's the kickback that I have a real issue with. And somebody said, red flag warning, that would be my red flag too. And I'm not saying he's guilty and that he's doing anything, but there's something not right about a man that doesn't want to honor his wife that way. Yeah. Yeah, it shows me someone that is pursuing someone other than his wife multiple times. And that that is, I agree, a red flag. Um, I'd be very concerned about this, the justification of it, the, the lack of um, repentance, remorse, um, changing direction. Um, so what, what would be your suggestion for her? If she were sitting here in the room, she might be on this call. I, I suspect she might be. Um, what, what kind of tangible steps or what guidance? Cause we, we, we very seldom want to tell people what to do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that is something that God will, um, place on your heart. Um, I'm always going to point you to the Lord. I'm going to point you to the Bible, um, to get your truth there. That's how we get the answers. Uh, but if, a, if a sister of mine were sitting and you are, you're sitting right here and you're sharing this with me, could, could you, is there any wisdom you could give her? I can't say throat punch him, right? That's not nice. I, I didn't say you couldn't. I mean, I'm just kidding. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. No. I'm not, I don't yeah. judge. That's not, not my place we're to not judge. throat punching. That's just my go-to. No, yeah. I think you need to spend some. If it were me, I, I, I would. I'd spend some time in prayer first, and um, you know, you're not going to stop anything overnight. To so slow down, um, you know, check check your heart and your feelings, your emotions, let the, let the Lord put all that into alignment. Um, pray for him, pray that God, you know, it, before someone says like, Oh, you just told me that was a red flag. Yeah. It looks like a red flag, but there might not. What is this clarification? We at Soul Refiner do not recommend throat punching. Oh, be quiet. That's gotta be Lamar. Lamar. Throat punch. So, just kidding. No, we don't recommend throat punching, but I would, um, you know, even though we said that is that is red flag behavior, it is, but it may also be pride behavior. And it may be, you're not going to tell me what to do. And I'm going to, I'm a grown man. Don't tell me what to do. And there may, it may be totally innocent and there's nothing going on. What we're, our concern that we're expressing is his reaction to it. And that may be a heart issue that just may be pride and that's it. So pray and, and pray for your husband and ask him, ask the Lord to convict him and then go to him and discuss it again, but then have a game plan that if he doesn't honor you and honor that, you, you've got to have boundaries and consequences. And that's not mothering. That is not, but you have to have a consequence for yourself of, I asked him not to do this. This makes me feel uncomfortable. This is the consequence that I'm going to set because you're not making me feel comfortable in your behavior. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think, Christina? I think with something like this, if, if it were me and I, and it happened uh, to me, I would explode. I would. Um, it's not something I would sit about, pray about. I would be, what the heck is this? You got some explaining to do, buddy. Um, and what do you mean you think it's okay for another woman? I would be so indignant um, that it would push him to a place to match my indignance by becoming defensive. I know. I just know if this is me, this is what it would be. But in recovery, what we have learned is, um, and, and I'm not saying that's wrong. I mean, it, it, but nothing is going to get solved if you're both up here. I mean, if you're angry and, and you're upset, righteously so, he's defensive, nothing's going to get solved up here. The talk has to get real. There's There's got to be a sit down conversation with, with hubby saying, okay, I'm concerned. We put these boundaries, we need to revisit them because... Uh, we put them in place to help me feel safe and I'm not feeling safe. And I don't feel like the boundaries are, are being respected. 
Um, and so um, let, let's talk through this. Um, and I highly encourage men to read the book um, Worthy of Her Trust because he has lost his freedom to do whatever he wants with ever mm. he wants, wherever he wants to go, whomever he wants to do whatever. He lost that when he broke his marriage vows. It takes time to build back trust. He doesn't just get to steal it. He earns it. And it's, and it's a journey. And doing something like this is hurtful to you and your recovery because your trust cannot be rebuilt in the marriage. And it's always just going, it's going to make you start doubting and your mind will go, is it worse than this? And it might actually be something that is not okay. He could be taking steps that we like to call towards the edge of the cliff. Yeah. So you need to speak up. Right. Because it might not have led to a full out affair, but his mind could be going there. I'm just saying. And so calling it out um, before he falls off the edge of the cliff, I I, I think we're, we're called to do that. I don't yeah. think we're supposed to just stand by and wait till he falls. Encourage him to talk to his group, talk to, yeah. you know, his accountability partner. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to hear it coming from you and, and then let, let another man give him a stern <laughs> wake up call. Right. Yeah. It's boundaries. You got to set some boundaries and have consequences that you follow through with. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. What else we got here? All right. Let's see. Um, oh, this is okay. What are basic guidelines I can ask of him? Is it reasonable to ask for him not to look at real porn? I don't, don't understand, but I know I can't ask him to just not fall into the addiction it wouldn't feel as awful if it were just anime. Is it reasonable to tell him I cannot mentally be intimate if he's watched something within the last few days? Okay, so, okay, help me out here. <laughs> so, okay. Go ahead, Christina, because I know that, one, that one's a loaded one for you. Yeah, it is, it is. I, I got a, a wow. Um, Yes, you shouldn't be watching any of it at all. No. Anime, animation, cartoons, AI, none of it. It's all wrong. All of yes. it. Yeah, I, I don't. It makes I'm sorry. It just makes me giggle that that our perverted world has made it into cartoon to justify that it's OK and that it actually turns guys on. I mean, that just I struggle with this, I mean, because, but I'm not going to play the police to something I don't have a struggle with because I have my own struggles. So I got to keep my own heart and mind in check here. Um, it's easy for me to point fingers and say, okay, guys are just weird. Um, <laughs> anime, really? That does it for them? But not weird. Different. Yeah. Different. different. Yeah. God wired us differently. Yeah. So that's why I'm, I'm sorry I giggled about that because I just can't imagine cartoons doing it for someone. But then well, I'll again, tell I you, Christina, and, and to each his own, but I won't even let my kids watch anime, any mm. anime, because it, this is a personal conviction. There's this, I, I feel like there's a, a sexual spirit over that type of uh, thing. And right. I, I won't let them watch anything with anime. Yeah. So it's it's all, you know, I don't I, like you, I don't understand anyone that that gets a thrill from that, but it's just wrong. You sh he shouldn't be doing any of it. None of it. None of yeah. it is reasonable. No, it comes back down to the basic definition. Come back to the Bible. What is marriage to become one? What is a marriage bed is when for one husband, one wife, one bed for one lifetime. And that doesn't mean you can introduce cartoon characters. I mean, it's just none of it. And, and I actually have had this question, and I think it's a question that's going to be on the man's um, 
uh, uh, mission brief this afternoon, one of the questions a man wrote in it was, um, my wife and I like to have fun, but what is too much? We don't want to cross the, the line. And I thought that was a very interesting question. And I've heard it before. Um, we're enjoying sex together, but we don't want to do anything unbiblical. Well, then do what the Bible says. It's, it's you and your wife, and it's just the two of you. Um, so introducing porn, that's other images, even into your brain, uh, you're bringing that to the marriage bed, uh, fantasies. I really struggle seeing how that works with just one man and one woman, because now you're fantasizing that there's somebody God didn't make them to be, and you're not taking delight in who God gave you as your soulmate. You're imagining them being something that they're not. Um, so I, I struggle with that. I do. I'm not damning it because it does not say you cannot play dress up um, as husband and wife. You can't have a fantasy life. So I'm not I'm, I'm not judging, but I just go back to the word I know for myself and, and me and Lamar. You don't want to be hearing this as you know, being like a sister figure. We're not going to do that because we want the marriage. I, I want to feel valued. And if he wants me to dress up like someone or act like someone or fantasize and be some, pretend to be somebody else, I'm going to think, what am I? Am I not good enough? I'm not enough. Yeah. 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 I mean, we should be pursuing each other to the point where we we are enough for each other. That we yeah. love each other, mind, body, and soul, no matter how broken it is. That that is the picture of what I see marriage is that we don't need all that other stuff. So yeah. it's just my two cents. Yeah, and there's a there's a real danger, especially the way our society is is headed, um, of what the confusion and what's acceptable. And, you know, I, I hear a lot of the direction of pornography is going AI and uh, that to me, that is bizarre to me, but I mean, it's, it's becoming a, a thing and, you know, it's just one more deception that Satan is going to use to destroy God's perfect design and perfect design for a man, a woman and, and marriage. And, more than ever i mean we should always be but more than ever you've got a the sword needs to divide the god the, the the word of god needs to divide and between light and dark and when you are you're holding your actions and your thoughts and and what you're doing even in your marriage bed accountable to god's word and to that truth um it illuminates that light and darkness and and it just reveals so it's, it's all of of honoring god's word I, I do. I love that. I love that. And you're getting some hand claps. I think you have some sisters that, that agree. I, I think with recovery, Carissa, the healing journey for both men and women, this whole concept of what is renewing your mind, uh, because the scripture talks about it, that we're called to don't conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Is that like Romans 12, two ish ish? Um, <laughs> but what, what is that? What, what does it mean to, to renew our minds? I believe that's the key to our healing, both for our men that are struggle with the images that they have and for healing for the women as well. Um, that, that renewing of the mind is something God can do. Um, but we have to garbage in, garbage out. If we are seeking out, um, if we are on Netflix watching soap operas and dramas and, and all these shows and reading um, books about romance novels, and um, ladies, I hate to say it, that's garbage. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just like porn for the guys. And it's even more powerful for women because we're seeing a connection that's unhealthy that was outside of God's design. That's infidelity. I'm, I'm going to call a spade a spade. That's infidelity too. Born use and 50 shades of gray is infidelity. Yeah. And, and, and again, I'm, I'm not saying this to shame you, but repent 
I mean, and repent means ask for forgiveness, confess to your husband, and then turn directions and start putting things in your brain that actually renew your mind that make you healthy. Uh, because I think a lot more women struggle with sexual sin, Chris, than we realize. And that's God's putting that on my heart. It's something I struggled with too. Um, and so uh, we need to, we need to get real about this. This is not just a man's problem. It, I mean, the porn addiction. It, looks different. it may look different, but it's it may same, look different. Yeah. 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 It yep. might look even a little innocuous. Like it's okay mm -hmm. to think about something else while I'm having sex, you know, to come to an orgasm, but no, it's, that's not, we're supposed to, it's just supposed to be my thoughts about my husband and that's it. And that's a hard place to get to after trauma. Yeah. Shelby just asked, is porn, if porn is an addiction, is it reasonable to ask to not do it ever again with ultimatums? Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. You know, one of the, um, Christina, you and I, before, before we started the, we both had this heaviness today um, based on the kind of the theme of the questions that were being asked and everything came down to, it seems like women afraid to speak up, afraid to say anything, wanting to honor God in, in their lives and, and be a good wife and, and honor that role that God had created them to be and unsure of what do I confront? How do I confront if I'm being unloving? Am I being angry? Am I being hateful, vengeful? Clearly your heart, we can, you know, you can see your heart in there as you're wanting to do the right thing. And there's a lot of confusion. And, and I think, um, well, you and I both felt a heaviness for that, mm -hmm. that women feel like they don't have a voice, they shouldn't say anything, and, and therefore they end up being a doormat. And a lot of times being a doormat, just we end up tolerating sin. And, and it's not so much of the sacrificial position that we take, but it's we're tolerating sin and we shouldn't be. And there are two characteristics that I was thinking about this morning that have been misunderstood and miscommunicated, and that's meekness and submission. And, oh, I could take hours and hours and tear apart a whole teaching and sermon on, on those things, but not understanding the biblical meaning and purpose of these words can cause such confusion. And um, we become, we become uh, subjected to this twisted nature of those words based on what we think it is or what we've been taught in an unbiblical way. And, you know, I just real quickly, I was looking at what, what is meekness? A lot of us think that meekness is weakness, that it's, it's being weak and it's not having courage. It's not, it's the exact opposite. Um, it means softest, softness of temper, mildness, gentleness, forbearance under injury and provo provocation. Forbearance under, that, that means that it's commanding our temperament. It's a controlled restraint to be meek. It actually takes great strength to be meek. And then um, the other one is submission. You know, many women do not want to speak up or do anything about sexual sin in their husband's lives because they feel like that's not being submissive. And do you hear that a lot, Christina? That you know, Absolutely. are you getting that too? That mm -hmm. um, it's not a, an act of submission by speaking against their husband's sin. So I just real quickly, you know, we're we're running out of time, but I pulled up two biblical examples of where women did not submit to their husbands. Um, because they were operating outside of God's will. Mm -hmm. And be they, because they were operating in sin, they did not submit to their husband. And that was Abigail and Esther. If you remember the story about Abigail, um, David, David positioned Abigail's uh, husband, Nabal, to provide food and relief to him and his men. And Nabal was a jerk and he refused and wouldn't help David. 
And as a result of that, David was furious and said, told his men, sword up, we're going to go kill him and kill everyone in the household. Abigail caught wind of it. And had she been submissive in the sense of go with what your husband says, don't confront, don't do anything, just submit, he's the leader, let him do what he wants, it would have been devastating for her. That would have brought horrible consequences. That sin would have brought horrible consequences to her and everyone that she cared about. So she she went against her husband. She went against that. And um, she did just the opposite. She provided food and she went in secret and provided food to, to David and his men. And because of that, it it spared her and all the people that she loved. And then, you know, we know the rest of the story. God actually, um, he died. Nabal ended up dying, but, you know. Um, and then Esther, Esther's husband, the king of Persia, um, was ready under the influence of his advisor, was ready to send out a decree to um, have all the Jews executed. He was going to annihilate all the Jews. Esther, you know, gets wind of that, finds out what's going on. If she would have just submitted and, you know, that's what my husband's doing. That's what he's decided. She knew he's outside of God's will. He's sinning. That's a sin. So she had a voice and risking her own life. It was it wasn't like today, you know, you can walk into the next room and talk to your husband. She had to go to the king and there were certain protocols and things that were allowed, even as his wife. And she risked her own life to speak up and say something, um, which turned around and she saved her people. Um, those are two examples of where these women did not submit to the sin of their husband. They didn't submit in the way of, you know, I know you're operating outside of God's will. I can't submit to that. Now, an example of where a woman did submit and she should not have would have been, um, I just lost Ananias and Sapphira. And I like this because this story, you know, it's the one where they sold land and they were supposed to give their, their money to the church and they lied about it. In Acts 5.2, it says, with his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. It is very intentional that 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 is in there with his wife's full knowledge. She knew of his sin. She knew what he was going to do, and she did nothing, did absolutely nothing. She submitted. She submitted while he was walking outside of God's will. So what happens? We all know the story. Ananias ends up lying. Peter confronts and says, and dead on the spot. He's dead. Three hours later, Sapphira comes in. She doesn't know what happens to her husband. But she went right along with the plan. She submitted. She did the right thing, even though he was operating outside of God's will. What happened to her? Bam, dead. <laughs> Same yeah. consequence. So those are two different stories of, of submitting and not submitting. And if your husband is, is walking in sin, you have a responsibility. It's not being a godly submissive wife to mm -hmm. tolerate it, to be quiet. God gave you a voice. You are, you are his child. You are his daughter. There's yeah. nothing rebellious by taking a stand against sin. And that's speaking up. It's saying something, save yourself and your family. You're under, um, you're under that curse. You're living under the curse of your husband's sexual sin. You have an obligation and a right and a privilege before God to speak against that sin. Don't be quiet. That doesn't mean you have to come in as a she woman man hater and, and, and be just horrible. You don't have to do that follow the holy spirit's guidance follow his leading but speak against sin that's not being submissive by by tolerating it 
Sorry, I went on a rampage. There. No, it's not. It's beautiful. I love, and this is so powerful, Chris, because this is the truth. This is absolutely the truth. And you can't apologize for speaking the truth. It's uncomfortable because it's not what the world says. And it's uncomfortable because it's not what the church is teaching. But no, we are not supposed to, to, to stand by. If we know our husband is sinning and we are not doing anything to stop it, it is our sin too. And we are That's going right. to be accountable one day. It's you're not going to pay. Yeah, you're going to live under that judgment. And, yeah. and there are natural consequences to sin yes. no matter what. No matter yeah. what you're going, whether your husband repents or not, there are some things that may not ever turn around that you just have, there's natural consequences. But there are many spiritual consequences. I saw someone earlier, and, and I really would love to dig into this the next time that question about and i lost my mouse so i can't find it but she said something about are there demonic consequences or something to to this kind of sinful behavior yes there are <laughs> and i'd yeah. love to dig into that but um we'll open up with that next yeah week. i think that's important for us to because um not just the demonic consequences but uh, men that blame but this is demonic and I can't stop myself. Yeah. Um, and that kind of circles back to Shelby's question about, um, I didn't, um, I just wanted to visit that just a little bit more and tie in with what you said about relapse. Um, you know, it's an addiction. So can we just expect them to stop? Yes. And I, I liked your answer. It is yeah. yes, because if we don't, then we too are going to be shot down. Dead. <laughs> I mean, right. I mean, like the, like the right. example of the story, we have to stand firm against that. Um, so sadly, there are situations where men are committed to recovery and they do relapse. Are there consequences? Yeah, there's serious consequences. And that's something you you decide and you determine before you get there. That's right. what I want to encourage you, Shelby. If that is something that you are worried about, um, you know, just relapsing and him not being able to stop this, he can. Yes, he can. can. I mean, if he is doing the work, if he is committed to getting clean, then he has his accountability partners. He's being in the word. He's he's doing the conquer series, doing more path. He's doing the stuff that's going to help him. But God forbid he were to slip and fall. You already have those consequences in place. And just just some uh, words of wisdom that I try to give women when I meet with them. Don't go for the jugular right away unless you think that, OK, if he ever looks at porn again, I'm out the door and I'm divorcing him, then stand your ground and be out the door if he looks at it again. But if you're not certain um, that that's what you would do, set those consequences up. Now, I'll give you an example of what we have in place um, that if Lamar were to ever, if I were to find any porn or any inappropriate sexting or anything along those lines, clearly what we have in place is not working. So do we go straight to divorce? I don't know where we are now. We've invested so much and we share something so beautiful. I don't want to walk away from that. So I kind of want to know the why and what happened, where it fell apart. And you better bet he's going to a six month, nine month rehab somewhere. I don't care if we have to sell our house, our truck. I mean, I'm going to go that direction before I go straight for divorce because he's tried, you know, right. you he, have that history of, yes, yeah, yes, exactly. Of effort. But if he's never committed to the recovery, if he says, denies, he has a problem, says, this is your issue, not mine. Now that's a different, that's a different topic to have. That's mm -hmm. absolutely a different conversation to have. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So we covered a lot of ground here, Carissa and ladies. 
Um, thank you for the questions that you have been posing. Thank you for the questions you emailed us. Um, I did create a quick survey uh, for you to take afterwards that you'll be getting in your email right after we end here. And it's just a way that Chris and I can pray for you. Um, your email does not pop up instantly on there. So if you are looking for a response, please include that. Um, and then there's also a place if you have a question that maybe you think of after you hung up or something that we talked about that you want us to dig deeper, or maybe in the next couple of days, something arises, use that space um, or that, that Zoom message that you'll be getting to send that to me. If you want me to privately send you a message, just include your email. Otherwise, I won't be able to respond to you and we'll just be able to address it on the webinar next month. Um, but we, we do try to keep everything anonymous and safe. Um, but do know, Chris and I, we are cheering for you. Uh, like she said earlier, uh, our hearts are heavy for you. Um, our hearts are, are broken at the lies that are being told in this world. And we're not going to sit here on our high horses and say that we're perfect. We could speak out of a line and, we're, and we're, we will humble ourselves. Bring yeah. that to the table too. If you feel like we misquoted something in scripture, if we misquoted the truth in God's word, please hold us accountable. We need refining too, ladies. I mean, there's things I teach now that I didn't teach six months ago. I, I may have said something completely different because God has sanctified me in this journey too. So bring that to the light. We need to be able to do that. I mean, I just, yeah, I just wanted to share that. And if I could, I'd like to give the ladies a challenge um, for the next 30 days until we come together on the next one. And that is to pray for two things. Pray that God exposes any kind of complacency in your own heart. Where have I been complacent and allowed sin in my own life and I'm tolerating sin? And you may not even realize that you are tolerating it, but ask the Holy Spirit to reveal that into you and journal it every single day or whenever, pray every day, but journal what it is that he's showing you. And then the second prayer is that God would reveal truth um, in any way that he needs to reveal it and that you will be humbled to receive that truth whether that is the truth of something that's going on with your husband the truth of something that that you are doing whatever that is but god revealed truth with no other motive no other you know thought to it but just show me and that's my challenge for the next 30 days and make sure you journal that yeah uh, Chris, I like that. And what I would love to do is um, introduce some of the questions here that we haven't had a chance to get to that does address women's sexual sin too, and their sin in this journey, uh, where the it may not have been righteous anger, they may have sinned in their anger, or yeah. um, things that might be preventing them from being able to be intimate again with their husband. And God is waiting for them to do the work in them that's a hard conversation to have when women are hurting after they've been faithful, but we have to talk about it and you might not be ready to do it right now, but to know that that is the ultimate goal is to address what's also in your brokenness. You didn't cause it. I'm not going to ever, you'll never hear me say you, it was your fault that he acted out and cheated on you, but there's a broken marriage here and what there's a piece there that you might have a contribution to of the brokenness. What is that? Because if we don't address that, then you can't have this amazing intimacy that I want you to be able to experience if your husband is committed to recovery. That's right. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. good. Or yeah. if you're if you're single and moving on, you can't be free if you if you yeah. haven't addressed your own junk too. Yeah. 
Because yeah. you don't want to carry that if if the Lord has it in your in His will that you know you go into another relationship or you get married, you don't want to be carrying that stuff in and just be on repeat. Absolutely. Well, sweet sister, do you mind closing us out in some? Prayer? I would love to. I would love to. Lord, thank you so much for this time um, with our sisters. God, thank you for your word that that is the foundation, that is our guide, that everything we do, all of our answers are found in your word. I just thank you for this time together, Lord. And I just pray for my sisters who are going through the just the nasty stuff. Father, comfort them, give them peace, open their eyes to let them see truth, convict them that where there needs to be conviction. And Father, I pray for their marriages, for those who are really fighting to um, for restoration. God, I pray for their husbands that you would convict their hearts, that you would um, strengthen them, that they would seek your your will and your word, and that they would completely turn their eyes to you, Father. And that we know that. There's no other way. It's you. You're the only way, Father. And I just pray for their children and their marriages and that they would be blessed. Lord, thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Carissa, for joining me here. Ladies, thank you for joining us from all over the country and world. We love you, and we will see you next month. God bless. God bless.